Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Well Lit Pass. Psalm 13 is another desperate psalm. This week, we're going to get really personal. Uh, but first, how's your week been? Uh, for my family, we have another move in the books. If you've ever moved in your life, you know we're nowhere near settled in yet. Uh, but we have begun the task of making it a home. As we unpack and begin to get everything in place, uh, I think of kind of how God starts to move into our hearts and our lives when we get saved. Usually when we move, uh, we get rid of some stuff in the move. When we move from a life of sin and death to a life of living in God's presence, there are some things that we need to get rid of there as well. And it's not easy. But as we let God unpack little things here and there and we let the Holy Spirit make himself at home in our lives, slowly this shell transforms into a place we feel comfortable where we could call home. I guess what I'm saying really is this. Let God unpack some boxes in your life. Get in his word and pull more and more out of this book he's given us until every wall in your heart and every closet in your mind are filled with things that point to him. There was a time in my life where I'd packed everything up that God had previously unpacked in my heart, and that's never a good place to be. It made me feel a lot like David does when he starts this psalm right here, Psalm 13, verse 1. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I've prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. This psalm immediately took me back to a time in my life where I felt much like David does. I really felt like the Lord had forgotten me. In April of 2016, my boss and longtime friend walked into my office at work where I was an operations manager and sat down opposite me at my desk. Tom, we've decided to go a different direction at this facility, and your leadership is no longer required. I'd worked at this company since 2005. I started out as the lowliest floor-level employee, and through God's grace, had worked my way up to operations manager of an entire facility. This was the job that brought my family to Texas. I made good money there, and God had been blessing us. I left that day kind of incredulous, like, what was God doing? What plans did he have for me? Why would he allow this to happen? We were faithful in church. There was a time in our lives when we were less so. But this time in our life was not that time. I mean, church doors were open. My family and I were there. We helped teach the youth. Our kids were active in the youth group. Uh, I sang in the choir, sang special music. My wife was active in so many other little things. 
We tithed consistently. Now, I'm not saying we couldn't have done better in our tithing, but we were, we were consistent. Our faithfulness showed to everyone around us. And I wish that I could say that um, maybe the reason was that we were putting on a front and that there was much more turmoil in our lives than we were showing, and that may have been the reason. But I'm telling you, like, we were closer to God than we had ever been in our lives, and we loved it. And we felt so fulfilled in our church lives and in our spiritual lives. It's probably because I knew how really wholeheart dedicated we were that I simply thought, well, God's got something better out there for me. He's got a job that I'll get right away. And so our family started praying. We had our whole church and all of our immediate family strewn across the globe praying with us. A month passed, two Unemployment came through because there wasn't any other option. Uh, I'm telling you, I applied to 10 to 20 jobs a week, and they were out there. People were hiring for the positions I had qualifications for. They just weren't hiring me. So I kept applying. I had an interview, two. And Lord, if it's your will, I could really use this job or this job. Oh Lord, what about this job? How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? And then it was time to go to youth camp. As, loose, as youth leaders, Crystal and I went with. And I remember the second morning, the guest speaker for the week preached from Joshua 5, verses 13 through 15. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And in his exposition of the passage, this preacher pointed out that Joshua had asked whose side the captain was on, the side of Israel or the side of Jericho. And I'll paraphrase the captain of the host's reply. He said, neither. I'm on the Lord's side. See, we do a good job of thinking that the Lord is supposed to be on our side and that he'll get on board with us and guide us to what we want. What we should be doing is getting on board with his plan in his boat and getting on his side instead of asking him to help us and be on our side. Man, did that hit home. Not only in the immediate situation I was in, but in another situation too. At the young age of 13 in a missions conference at my old home church in Mazan, Illinois, I had felt the Lord calling me to preach. And I did surrender at that time. And ever since I'd allowed the Lord to repair my relationship with him in 2010, I still hadn't done anything to renew that commitment or follow through on that call. I wasn't out of his will by any means, but I wasn't in his perfect will either. And the Lord continued to deal with me for the rest of the week. And I'll, t I'll tell you, there was, there was a lot of me white-knuckling the backs of chairs in front of me that week. Is this why he allowed me to lose my job? But there's not really any money in it. How could he have this for me? 
wait, that call was real? And I struggled. It wasn't until I got home from camp that I got down on my knees and finally said, Lord, if this is what you want, I'll do it. If this is what you've had for me all along, I surrender to you. And so I went and talked to my pastor about it. He told me, hey, this is a big step. Am I sure? I told him I was sure, and I asked if I could go before the church with the youth that had gotten saved or recommitted their lives at camp. Not to take away from them. What I really wanted to do was just kind of add to the blessing by saying that God didn't just work in the lives of our kids at camp, but he worked in the lives of our adults too. And he said I could if I was sure. Going in front of the congregation would put me under a microscope, so I needed to be sure that this was what God wanted for my life. Well, I was sure. And he said that was fantastic, and he supported me in it. And he was excited to have another preacher at the church. So I did, and I made myself accountable to our church. So I started doing little jobs here and there at the church to stay busy, still applying for other jobs. And it did cross my mind more than once, like, this is why. This is what God was trying to get me to do. Now he'll have a job for me. Nothing. It was September at this point, and I'd started taking Bible college classes at our church uh, from former professors at the college that we used to have there. My life was rich with God's word, and I was enjoying every minute of it. I got a job as a kitchen manager at Chick-fil-A uh, to work with my school schedule, and it, it, it was my first time in fast food. This, something wasn't right. My manager at Chick-fil-A sat down with me after three months and said, Tom, we don't feel like it's working out. This may not be the type of job you need. Uh, I would suggest you take today and consider if this is where you want to be. So I went home and prayed, and prayed, and prayed. And the next day, I went in and turned in my uniform. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? What was I supposed to do? Why wasn't the Lord working this out for me? At this point, we'd racked up credit card debt just buying groceries and paying bills. We had assumed that I'd find a job making about the same pay, but that still hadn't happened. So back on unemployment with just gracious help now and then from our church just to pay rent. I sold off everything I could, guitars, electronics, and we were almost flat broke. But the Lord just kept providing food and shelter for us. I was faithful to my studies at Bible college and was getting good grades. My spiritual life was more than it ever had been. But there was this gnawing at the back of my mind always. How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? Lord, where was the job? Still applying weekly, still finding nothing. Christmas came and went. And we were just still struggling. And finally, I had a thought. 
Well, maybe, maybe God doesn't want us in Texas anymore. We had a good church family. Our kids were doing great in school and youth. Um, how could that be? I talked to my pastor about it. He understood. But he said I should really pray about it. And he prayed with me. So I pulled a Gideon. I knew of at least three churches that could potentially use some help where I could contribute, or so I thought. Both of my brothers pastored, so I applied for jobs in the cities their churches were in. My dad pastors as well, so I looked in his little town. There was one job in the town he lived in that fit my skill set, just one. I applied to it. My wife and I had said we would never go back to Illinois, but I applied to it. They called me the next day. Uh, they interviewed me over the phone and asked if I could come for an in-person interview the next week. I swallowed my pride and asked for help to get up there so I could see where God was leading. I called my parents and stayed with them for the day that I was there. 700 miles up and 700 miles back. You know, I talked to my dad while I was there about maybe staying with them if I was offered the job until my family could move up after the kids finished the school year. Well, they were fine with it. Uh, we made arrangements for the just-in-case I got offered the job. And then I talked to my dad at length about the church there and how I could get involved. After my interview the following day, I was headed home before I, and before I got out of Missouri, I got the call. They'd like me to take the job. It was a substantial pay cut from my old job, and they were offering no help to move. Well, I called Crystal, and she told me to ask for the moving expenses we'd need and see if they accepted the counter. Well, they did. And we were moving back to Illinois. And I packed up stuff the next week and headed back up to Illinois to start. Uh, Crystal and the kids would wind up staying in Texas to finish out the school year and then join me in June after I'd found a, ho a house for us to rent. I mean, it wasn't the best of situations. It was what it was. So for four months, I slept on an air mattress in a little 10 by 6 room at my parents' house. I went to work. I came home. I went to church. I came home. And once a month, I drove down to Texas for a weekend and then drove back. Well, who in this time was my enemy? And it was every thought my flesh could conjure up. Is this the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Is this what God wants? This job's not what I wanted. It's not what I was expecting. It was really like two steps below where I had been. I went from running a 150,000 square foot warehouse, a six-person customer service group, a 200 rail car spot rail yard with about 20 employees uh, to Illinois, 10,000 square foot warehouse, one employee. And even though the Lord had provided a job and was taking care of us, I was still plagued by, how long am I supposed to listen to my heart when there's sorrow in it daily for leaving Texas losing my job, and all the other things? How long is the enemy of what I used to have and what I used to be going to be in this high position above where I'm at now? I was at my parents' house, but I was in a funk. 
I didn't talk to him much. When I did, it was just about the ministry of the church there and how I could get involved. But from a ministry perspective, I just I kept running into roadblocks. And then these roadblocks also became my enemy. I knew the Lord had opened the door, so he must want me to work with my dad. This had to be why he had me here. But just roadblock after roadblock. And then finally, I found a home that would work for us. Uh, June came, and I went down and picked up Crystal and the kids. The entire day we moved and loaded up the U-Haul, it rained. Really, Lord? Consider and hear me. Look over here at me, at what we're going through. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? So we get moved and we get settled into life and Crystal finds a job at the local hospital and life just kind of resumed. But the church we were at just didn't seem right. Uh, Crystal and I argued, the kids and I argued about church. Uh, my family was constantly at war with each other because there was just something not right. But how could it not be right? I knew it was right. I was my own worst enemy. I would say to myself, this is what the Lord has moved us here for, and I don't care how anyone else feels. I know I'm right, and this is where we are supposed to be. And then I'd go past saying that to myself, and I'd say it to everyone. And I would pray, Lord, you brought us here. Get my family on board with what I believe you had for us. Roadblocks. It wasn't anything my dad was doing or anyone at the church was doing. I, I, I love those people to this day, but I had zero peace. Now, I had peace with the move, and it was undeniable the way that the Lord worked, but I had no peace at that church. I excused it. Well, maybe it's just not what I'm used to, but I had no peace. My family had even less than no peace, but they did stop complaining, and we stopped fighting about it. And unbeknownst to me, it was at this time that my wife Crystal started praying, Lord, whatever you have for us, give me peace to be here or Thomas peace to look for a different church. And that's what she prayed. I started getting angry. Oh, I had no idea what she had been praying I got angry because I thought I was still doing something wrong. If I could just try harder, work harder, uh, my job was going great. The Lord was blessing there. I'd already gained the respect of my boss and others there. I'd caught on fast and was making good improvements for the business. But my spirit, man, was just in turmoil. This had to work. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes. Lord, let me see what you have for us here because I can't see it. It's hidden to me and I just don't know what to do. My flesh is telling me that this was all a bad idea and that I should have stayed in Texas. And my flesh is going to say, hey, it was right. It won against me, against you. Lord, I'm, I'm in a pit of doubt here. And there was a, a roadblock that went up that I couldn't ignore. I, I, I don't remember what it was, but it was the catalyst that set us on a new path as a family. 
I finally said to Crystal, I think we need to start looking for a different church. And we did. There were some Baptist churches that were closer to us, so we visited. Uh, I started learning to measure them by their missions wall. A little tip, if you're searching for a church in a new area, go check out their missions wall. If you don't recognize any of their missionaries, you're probably going to differ with that church on some pretty key things. And we visited about four churches. Uh, one of them consistently preached good truth, so we kept going for a couple of months. And we prayed as a family and individually about it, and we just we couldn't get peace. And the whole time, my flesh is just digging at me. Oh, you failed God. He brought you up here to be at your dad's church, and now you're abandoning your dad. What kind of son does that make you? You're just going to give up on your dad? What are you doing? Every thought was about my dad, but not really about the church or being led of God. I love my dad. But as much as I love my dad, he always told me to follow where God leads. He's told me multiple times that he can't decide what's best for my life and that I should listen to God above all others. My dad is the person I learned faithfulness from. But the Lord didn't want me at that church, no matter what my flesh was telling me. I knew of one other church, but it was 45 minutes away from where we lived. I told Crystal, it's pretty far, but I know the pastor there is solid. We, we wound up visiting on a Sunday morning and the pastor wasn't even there. Uh, it was a good message. And more than the message, immediately people came around us and we were just overwhelmed with the sense of belonging and love. We went back. Uh, the pastor was there and the word was preached and we went back again. Each time we felt more and more loved and we felt like we were home. And before we knew it, we were sitting with the pastor and talking about joining the church. And that church became our home. Two of my best friends, the pastor and the associate pastor, became my best friends because we attended that church. We grew as a family. We grew as Christians. Don't get me wrong, trouble struck our family when we had some issues with one of our kids, but those families in that church came around us, supported us, loved us. Our pastor and his wife, who had gone through some troubles with one of their kids, counseled us, cried with us, prayed with us. We could have never gotten through that time without them. Our pastor asked me to lead music there, and I gladly accepted. Eventually, I started working at the church part-time as an administrator in addition to my secular job. We moved from 45 minutes away up to the town where the church was, and we just loved it. But don't get me wrong, we had some struggles, but God was good and is good, and he was blessing us and the church. We went to a family camp down in Texas, and we made new friends there, and we grew just from being there at camp and being immersed. We'd visit some of our old church family whenever we were down uh, one summer on the way home, I told Crystal, I feel like the Lord may want us to move back to Texas at some point. She started laughing because she said she'd been feeling the same. 
But I mean, we were content where we were, so we didn't really actively pursue it. I applied to a few jobs down in Texas and updated my LinkedIn, but I didn't go after it hard. I mean, we, we loved our life in that little Southern Illinois town. We had plans to buy a house. It didn't work out for some reason. For some reason. Lord, why? I got an email out of the blue, completely unexpected. A startup distribution center in Texas needed a shipping manager. Crystal and I prayed about it. I replied. Three virtual interviews later, and we were headed back down to Texas. The initial offer they made wouldn't have worked for us. We prayed on it, and Crystal and I decided that if they accepted the counter, it was it, the counter was going to be me sacrificing some salary for moving expenses, we'd go. And I know, I know, we were pulling a Gideon again. And not only did they reply in a few hours, they said they'd keep the salary the same and do the exact amount we asked for for moving expenses, and could we be there in two weeks? And as I finished reading the email, I looked at Chris and I said, yep, we're moving back to Texas. Now, my daughter had already moved back to Texas the same year, and my son was in college in Kentucky. The hard part was letting go of our church family there. Tears were shed and prayers were said. And I mean, the pastor and the associate pastor are still two of my best friends to this day. And we see, we, we see them about twice a year. So we were back in Texas at our old church. Uh, This is the same church that I had started my studies at for Bible college. I was so confident that was where the Lord wanted Crystal and I and that this was why he brought us back to Texas. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Boy, did that sound familiar. There's roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. Lord, this is what you wanted. This is our church family. This is why we're here. But Crystal also felt it, and we started praying together again because we had learned our lesson about praying separately about what the Lord had for us. If it was at the church that we were at, give us peace. If not, lead us to where we should be. Roadblock. The Holy Spirit tugging at my heart saying, oh, I have something for you. You need to let me lead. Well, isn't this it? While we were at church up in Illinois, every year we attended a preaching workshop hosted by Lake Worth Baptist Church. Since they had my email from previous years, I I got the invite again and planned to go that February. We'd been in Illinois for roughly two, close to three years, and had moved back to Texas in November of 2019. Now, exponential growth had happened for Crystal and I and for our kids. I had never really had time to study God's work like I had, word like I had up there in Illinois, uh, nor did I have the desire like I had there. But in the beginning of February 2020, right before COVID hit, I went to the preaching workshop. And something Brother Jerry Locke had said still rung with me from the previous year. It was about Christian fellowship and how we should always be striving to build a brother up, even if we didn't agree with him on every little thing. If the brother was solid on the major tenets of faith, but had a different preference, 
that spirit permeated the two days of that preaching workshop. And I told Crystal after I got home, let's go visit Lake Worth Baptist tomorrow, just one Sunday. And again, the pastor didn't preach that day because a guest speaker from the workshop preached instead. And then we stayed for second afternoon service. And we came back Wednesday night, and the pastor was in the middle of a series on the prayer of Jabez. Lord, enlarge my coast. This is the church we actively serve in and are members of now. Why do I tell this story this week? Verse 5 and 6 answer it for me. In those times of trial, I learned to trust in the Lord like never before. Looking back, his mercies renewed every day. And though it wasn't apparent to me at the time, they kept me and held me and got me through. They caused me to rejoice in his salvation. And not just me. Crystal's told me many times the invaluable lessons she learned. You know, the prayer she prayed when I was struggling with looking for a church, she has said, was her first big answered prayer moment when I came to her and said that I thought it might be time to look at other churches. In light of how the Lord has blessed this long road to where he has me today, spending this time every week with you, I have to say that he has dealt bountifully with me. And how can I not sing? There's a song always on my lips. The amount of growth he's cultivated in me and the church family we now have that loves us so much comes around us and challenge us and uplift us we couldn't ask for more. No, okay, I take that back. Maybe if the church family up in Southern Illinois were to all move down here. Maybe you've been like me and like David, and you've struggled through something difficult only to be on the other side singing his praises. Hasn't the Lord dealt bountifully with you? And maybe you're not on the other side yet. Maybe you're asking how long the Lord will forget you. Trust in his mercy. Trust in his unmerited favor. Have faith that he's begun a good work in you and will complete it. You're not forgotten. He has a bounty for you that you can't imagine. Be faithful, persevere in truth, and follow where he leads you. Thanks for walking with me a while as we read the word together this week. Won't you join me again next week and we'll walk just a little further? If you like the podcast, go ahead and hit that follow button. If you have any questions about salvation or general podcast questions, uh, reach out to us via email at podcast at lakeworthbaptist
lwbc.org. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Facebook by looking for LWBC underscore publications.